0: Welcome back to React Native Radio Podcast. Brought to you by me. My name's Todd, and I edit this podcast. Episode 195, React Native 0.64. Hey friends, welcome back, or welcome for the first time, if this is the first time you're tuning in. This would be a weird episode to tune in for the first time, when, when you think, Robin, like it, would this be the one you would send people and say, this is representative of, of our show?
1: No, I, I can't say that it would be. This, this is yeah. It's probably not it's, the best introduction episode. It's a it's fine a g- topic. It'll be a good it's, episode, but it's not the I best I think it'll be a good episode,
0: but it's kind of deep in the weeds a little bit, uh, so... We'll get to that in a second. So I am Jamin, Jamin Holmgren. I am the host of uh, of this React Native radio podcast. And I'm joined by my two spectacular... Have I used that one before?
1: Probably. I don't think so.
0: <laughs> Co-hosts, Robin. How you doing, Robin?
1: I'm good. Just looking out the window at the rain.
0: Yeah, it's back. It's back. It, it wasn't gone for very long. And yeah, now it's back. And Harris. Harris is... Uh, from Based on the virtual background I'm seeing for you on zoom you're not in the rain right now
2: (laughs) no no but it it is cloudy outside actually you can't see it but it's probably gonna rain our
1: listeners can't see but harris's zoom background is the this is fine like the fire the fire for the this is fine dog
2: so is my mask my covid mask
1: oh my gosh you have a this (laughs) This is is fine fine. mask that's (laughs) no kidding amazing
2: <laughs> I always get comments on so, it.
0: <laughs> Harris's so uh, theme today is uh, denial. Apparently,
2: <laughs> just being okay with everything going on. You know, that's <laughs>
1: this is
0: fine.
2: Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Robin is
0: a senior software engineer. Uh, she's located in Portland, Oregon. She works at Infinite Red and specializes in React Native. Harris is a coding instructor at Concordia Bootcamp in Montreal and a React Native contractor. By the way, it, it is Montreal to people in Montreal, right? You don't call it something else, uh, so
2: like French, right? Well, it depends mm-hmm. if you're... Forgive sp- my ignorance. Oh, no, no worries. It's like, honestly, people are used to both. Uh, like, technically in French, it's Montréal. But obviously, like, if, if you're speaking English, you're going to say Montreal instead of M- okay. Montréal, which is like the French pronunciation. Okay. Yeah.
1: Do Canadian people in Montreal who are not speaking French call it Montreal, or do they say it the French way?
2: I've heard both, but usually they'll call it Montréal. But okay, but there's a lot of bilingual people, so you'll often hear I feel people less switching. Bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: is it kind of pretentious if you're just like an English only speaker, but you insist on calling it uh, by the French
2: pronunciation? Maybe to other English speaking people,
1: <laughs> but
2: not 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 to French people. Like they'll they'll maybe okay. maybe they'll appreciate. They'll appreciate enough. it. Yeah.
0: Maybe <laughs> appreciate it. Yeah, I like that. I like that. This episode is sponsored by Infinite Red. Infinite Red is a premier React Native design and development agency located fully remote in the USA and Canada and Montreal. <laughs> oh.
1: No, I totally
2: butchered that. A for effort. Is That's it a B? Worse. Is it a B sound? Like what, no, no, it's no. Montreal. So uh, Montreal. Ma- <laughs> it's not like Mario. Okay, no, no, no. Okay, I'm I'm gonna stop before I embarrass myself further. <laughs>
0: I'm learning Finnish, okay? You know, swole, swole me, Swole, swole me <laughs> out. Yeah, it's a very different language. Uh, okay, where was I? Uh, we have years of React Native experience since it was released, deep roots in the React Native community. We are the hosts of Chain React, which uh, unfortunately, we haven't officially announced this, but just for the few people that are listening to this podcast, Chain React's not happening this year. Boo. Oh.
1: But it is
0: going to be happening, hopefully the following year so
1: 2022
0: stay tuned stay tuned that'll be fun when we can be in person again Uh, we also publish the react native newsletter to over 12,000 subscribers infinite red is the best choice in my humble opinion for your next react native app hit up hit us up at hello at infinite.red you can go to infinite.red slash react native and mention the podcast when you do so infinite red is also hiring react native engineers If you're a senior-level React Native engineer located in the U.S. or Canada, go to careers.infinite.red and fill out our form. If you are even, if you're like a senior developer and just React Native curious, want to want to work with us, go ahead and fill it out anyway. We'll 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 read it and and we will respond. All right, let's get to our topic for today. So today we're talking about what's new in React Native zero point six four as of this recording earlier this week. React Native 0.64 was released. Of course, when people listen to this episode, it will be a few weeks, a couple weeks from now. So it will there, be a few weeks ago. There might be
1: a, point, a 0.64.1 by then.
0: <laughs> there may be. Yeah, there may <laughs> be some patches. I saw one thing that d- definitely deserves a patch uh, in the core team Slack so, or the Discord. <laughs> so there'll so, probably
1: be a patch out by then.
0: There'll probably be a patch. Yeah, there's there's uh, something kind of kind of broken right now. Yeah, that could have been a weird bug. Uh, But anyway, Mike Grabowski, of course, CTO, co-founder at CallStack, one of my one of my friends, uh, great guy. He is often in charge of releases, and he wrote a blog post talking about 0.64. We will link to it in the show notes, but we're going to go through this. It'll be a little bit shorter episode today, and uh, we'll see, you know, we'll kind of introduce what 0.64 is all about so that uh, people that haven't looked into it yet kind of have an idea. Sounds good. So the very first thing is Hermes for iOS.
1: That's the big, exciting feature for this release. Hermes for iOS.
0: Hermes for iOS. So Robin, what is Hermes? We've heard about this before. It was actually announced at Chain React 2019, I think. Yes,
1: It's been kind of a buzzword for a while. Uh, Chain React 2019 was when it was first announced, but it was only available on Android. Mm. Uh, So now it's available on iOS, too.
0: So this is something that I didn't think was actually going to be happening for iOS, because when I talked to Mark Horowitz, the guy that announced it at Chain React, he works at Facebook. uh, He was very he kept it very kind of close to his chest about iOS. And it kind of sounded like, you know, that might be tough. Uh, And I was kind of thinking, you know, Apple's never going to allow that.
1: Yeah. Apple. Apple doesn't like to. Let people mess with their internals. It, it, it. <laughs> their internals. They want them. They want. They want you to use their their stuff.
2: I, I didn't even realize it was permissioned. I didn't know that you needed Apple's permission to swap out. I, I, I guess that makes sense. But uh, yeah, interesting.
0: They've denied apps for far less egregious changes, so uh, this is very surprising to me. But with the power of Facebook behind it, maybe uh, maybe it won't be a problem, uh, and certainly you know, Google hasn't cared. But yeah, what's Hermes? Uh, Hermes is a JavaScript engine, right?
1: Yes. So I, I actually had to sort of do some research about what Hermes really is, because but like, I've, I mean, I've heard people talk about it. I know it's about making things faster, more performant. Um, But I didn't really understand what, what it is. And so I did some, some research this week. And uh, like you said, Hermes is a JavaScript engine. But then I'm like, what's what's a JavaScript engine? Uh, so I dug a little deeper, and it it's pretty much what it sounds. It's a computer program that runs JavaScript. But usually, it's embedded in your browser because JavaScript mm-hmm. is kind of the browser language. And so, a program that runs JavaScript is usually built into your Firefox or Chrome or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but and so, you can make a JavaScript engine that stands by itself, uh, like. Node.js uses something called the V8 engine.
0: And V8 is what powers Chrome, right? I'm like, that's the built in JavaScript engine for Chrome.
1: Prior to this, iOS or React Native was using the JavaScript engine that comes with iOS, which is called JavaScript Core. JSC. Yeah. I think it must just not have been as performant as we would have liked, or it wasn't optimized specifically for what we were trying to do with it. So they wrote their own.
0: Yeah, that's the big thing with JavaScript core. So the nice thing about it was it existed (laughs) and it was open source.
1: Well, the fact that it existed is what made React Native work as a concept.
0: Yeah, totally. And it was open source. Uh, You could also use V8, but V8 was even worse performance wise. And you wouldn't think so because JavaScript core, generally speaking, if you were to use JSC in like a node context or something like that, it's just, you know, like straight throughput. Let's say you're running a server and you have tons of connections coming in and stuff. JSC is not going to do as good of a job as, as V8. When you think about it, what are the, the common use cases for an app? You're not sitting there handling a million connections per hour in a server constantly open, constantly running that needs uptime of, you know, measured in, in months, right? <laughs> like an app doesn't do that. What an app does is you tap the icon, it pops open, it needs to load fast. It needs to be up and running quickly. And then once you, like, trigger something else off, it needs to immediately jump to that. It needs to have low memory footprint. uh, Those types of things. Where, like, Node, let's say it's running on a server or something, it can use all of the memory it needs to to make it as fast throughput-wise as possible. And then it can also do things like a just-in-time engine. A just-in-time engine would be, like, where it... uh, So it basically, like uh evaluates the code that's running and maybe tries different code uh like optimizations until it finds one that works really well. So it'll like warm it up and then it knows okay this is the fastest way to execute these instructions because it's done it a hundred times and or a thousand times or a million times. And it will do it that way. And it really optimizes for that throughput in the end. It's sort of like uh maybe the difference between a race car that is optimized for top speed uh, versus a race car that's optimized for like zero to 60 uh, mm-hmm. you know the very first like taking off boom yeah what you really needed was sort of the the zero to 60 side of it and not so much the top speed for uh, the javascript engine and that's why jsc worked okay to start but it certainly wasn't optimized for the use case it was optimized for a browser which again is another it's a whole different uh you know environment as well certainly closer than than v8 might be in, in in node or something like that it, it was it was definitely optimized differently. So I think that's why Facebook internally decided that they wanted to maybe build their own.
1: And because they're Facebook, they can do that.
0: They can do that. They can put a team on it. And they, they have some very smart people working on that. Yeah.
1: They have the, the developer power in order to build their own JavaScript engine. Yeah. Not all open source libraries and frameworks have that behind
0: them. It's very true. Usually it's one... One developer in Nebraska somewhere who works on it in their spare time, and if they quit, then the whole world comes down.
1: Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. So, Hermes, why why is it exciting? Why do we care? You were kind of talking about it decreases memory utilization, going to reduce download size. The most visible piece is that time to interaction or TTI will be a lot snappier.
2: Yeah. Also, it's nice to use the same engine across uh, Android iOS because you'll have less inconsistencies there when you're installing libraries. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, it's really exciting that it's cross-platform now.
2: One of the early
0: problems that we had was that on Apple's side, it was using the built-in JavaScript core, which was actually internal, like, provided by iOS. And on Android, it would ship with its own version of JSC. So you would actually get the latest JSC on Android and you would have some old musty version.
1: <laughs> Led to some really weird bugs. Like yeah. Things running differently or executing differently on Android.
0: Yeah, I remember back in the iOS 9 days, it did not have proxy support, which by the way will be a common theme that we will talk about in, the, in a bit, but JSC did not have proxy support in iOS 9 and you couldn't upgrade it. Apple would not let you upgrade it, which is why this kind of came out, out of left field. Like, how did how did they allow a whole swap out of the the whole thing Facebook. but not allow upgrading. Facebook JSC. is the answer. Yeah, that was kind of a big inconsistency. Uh now they could have used on Android, they could have used V8 which was built into the operating system too, but for the reasons that I mentioned it just wasn't appropriate. So they would actually ship in your app a JavaScript engine. So Facebook builds this custom engine Hermes and they release it for Android first because that's the easiest platform to get it approved and also Android, despite having the latest version of JavaScript core, was still having a lot of performance issues. First, you know, TTI, the, the, what is it, time?
1: Time to interaction.
0: That was really bad. And needing to make the Android side perform better because you know facebook's using this on a lot of their apps and if facebook's laggy and slow on android devices android users are going to go elsewhere uh they released that and i think harris you've actually used it in a project right
2: yeah yeah i've used uh, hermes on on android haven't yet on ios but good to mention that i tried using it the first time and it just broke a couple libraries because of the lack of proxy support Mm -hmm. and actually now that i remember also the reflection api support which the new release of Hermes also supports the, the, the Reflection API, which is something I didn't know about until very recently. So let me ask you, Harris, what's the Reflection API? I probably don't have a very good use case for it. For, from my understanding, it, it's very similar to the Proxy API in the sense that like it supports all the same methods. But all the methods on the Reflection API are static. Uh, they can be used in... Um, uh, the proxy API and the Reflection API can be used together to work really well. I personally haven't really used it very well, but I actually do have a a link to something that explains it really well that I could include in the show notes. Okay,
0: cool. It's probably a good idea. Um, You know, we're going to try to keep this pretty tight uh, episode, but uh, I also want to dig into that and kind of see, you know, what that's all about. I know that it was, yeah, proxy and Reflection are both kind of really important for, sort of metaprogramming level stuff.
2: Yeah, like, like the big thing with proxy is that it allows you to uh, intercept, like for example, uh, property accessors. So if you're accessing the property of an object, you can actually intercept that access, so and make the object do some really cool things before <laughs> the property yeah. is accessed, which is cool. Yeah.
0: I know that uh, Hermes originally broke MobX, and we use MobX and MobX State Tree at, at Infinite Red. It also broke. I think something with Firebase. There were some Firebase libraries that, yeah. that were broken as well. Yeah,
2: real time database.
1: That's probably a good lead into the next uh, one of the next features from this release, which is that not only is Hermes available for iOS, Hermes as a whole now supports proxies. Proxy. So yes. why is that? Why is that a cool thing, Jamin?
0: <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's great. And like Harris was saying. Proxy support was important for some very important third-party libraries. What proxy does is it allows you to kind of wrap an object. Uh, it looks like the original object, but it's not really. Uh, it's been wrapped and it's sort of like a man in the middle. And so when you were when you, uh, let's say reach in there and like access a property on it, let's say you have a user and you access their first name, okay The proxy can intercept that and say, oh, they're accessing their first name, and then do something. And in, in the case of Mob MobX, MobX React, for example, MobX state tree, it can then trigger a re-render if, it can like track that and then trigger, a re- know that it needs to trigger a re-render if that property is modified in the future. It allows you to kind of just observe what's happening to this object. You can wrap it, uh, you can also like modify the responses so that, you know, there's kind of this man in the middle, like I said, it, it, it's uh, it's passing these messages back and forth from the original object. The original object is still involved. It's still like responding to these messages, these these method calls, whatnot, property access. But it also then can yep. uh, step in and and modify things or 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 just subscribe to stuff or do whatever you want. Yeah. Originally, they didn't include it because it does introduce quite a bit of overhead. And I talked to Mark at React Native EU 2019 not long after. Uh, Chain React when they, he had uh, announced it, and uh, it was kind of interesting. But I, I, we were we were sitting at lunch together, and I, and I was telling him we really need this for MobX, and he's like, Yeah, yeah, I know. I, you know, I've heard from everybody. Uh, we're we're figuring it out, and I have some ideas.
2: Yeah, and and to to add to that, the the Reflect API can basically give the object back its original behavior, right? So often. Uh, it's used to do precisely that. So when you're wrapping an object in a proxy and you're intercepting, like for example, get, uh, you can actually just return reflect, which has static methods like get, which will give it exactly the original behavior of the that the object had. Nice. There's a really good explanation of this on the MDM docs, which is what I read to uh, explain this. I'll include that in the show notes as well.
0: Perfect. So proxy should fix a lot of the proxy support in Hermes should fix a lot of those issues with MobX and with uh, Firebase librarians and any other libraries that had that were relying on that. Now MobX four was using something other than proxies, uh, which was why for a long time we were using MobX four. And then when MobX so MobX five used proxies, and then MobX six came out and allowed you to switch between them depending on you know whether it auto detected proxies support or not. Um, so we've been using MobX six ever since, and it's been working fine. But this allows us to not have to make that tradeoff. And proxies, uh, he, uh, Mark and his team actually did find a performant way to integrate proxies that doesn't add a bunch of overhead, like they originally thought that it would. So that's that's kudos to the to the internal Hermes team at Facebook. They did a fantastic job.
2: I wish I knew about that. This is just a side note, but we should probably look into inviting Mark one day because I have. Yeah,
0: okay. I, I've uh, I've reached out to him. He's uh, he's not a perpetually online person. Okay. Um, never on Twitter and barely on Discord. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm,
1: Ram would probably also want to talk about it too, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, he would be he would be good a uh, good option as well. I think he might be working on a different team now, though. Mm. He would be an awesome option. So, version six four also brings in inline requires. And uh, Robin, do you want to talk about what inline requires is?
1: Well, so inline requires it's it's not actually new with this version. It's just turned on by default, and it used to be opt in. But Mm -hmm. uh, inline requires it's a Babel transform, and it basically makes it so that your all your imports at the top of your file are transformed into inline uh, requires, so that your modules are not loaded at startup, but they're loaded lazily when your app is executing uh, so it saves a lot of startup time
0: i guess in old like c code you could say a function was i say old people still use this uh, you could use a, a keyword of inline and it would inline the function in wherever it was used and that would speed things up in some ways um I wonder if it's something like that. I I haven't looked into this too deeply and when I've tried to explain in the past I've got it deeply wrong. So <laughs> I won't uh, I won't try to do that again.
1: We've used inline requires for a long time for things like images. So if you have an image, mm. we'll put it we'll define it as a const in the body of the function and say like const image equals require the image mm-hmm. file so that it's not loading the image when the file is first Load it up, but it's actually loading it when you call the component or render the component. Uh, so we've used that for a long time, but this is actually doing it automatically with, with all with all of your module imports,
2: which is great because one thing I love to do is have all my icons or images in like one file, like a manifest, and have all these keys get typed by TypeScript so I can use them without having to <laughs> put require calls everywhere in my code, and and just this does it for me. So it's the best of both worlds.
0: You know? Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, again uh, improving that TTI the time to interaction the very first interaction is very important when you're hitting an app because it's like I need to go do something really quick in this app so you tap the button and then you're sitting there waiting where this will you know like if you don't have to run some code don't run it or don't load it
1: it sort of sets the it's like the first impression you mm-hmm. want you want the user's first impression of your app to be yeah not a slow one
0: so in the interest of debugging Hermes better, they also sponsored a hack session, Facebook did, to bring Hermes traces to Chrome, which is very helpful. Uh, You can use Chrome debugging tools, dev tools to visualize the execution of your application when it's using Hermes. And this is a a big thing if you're wanting to profile your your performance and kind of see how this has impacted uh, performance as you implement Hermes so that's that's a cool new thing obviously this this comes in when you are running into performance issues and you really want to improve overall like like figure out what what bits of code are causing uh, like performance issues and and how you know how to, you might streamline those processes awesome we also have react 17 react 17 brings in not nothing, a, if not a whole
1: yeah there's not a whole <laughs> lot of new developer facing features uh the biggest change that you'll probably notice is that you no longer have to import React at the top of your JSX files. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that little like dummy import that I was always like, why do I have to do this if I'm never mm-hmm. actually referencing it? So you don't have to do that anymore.
2: That's kind of nice. Yeah, that is nice.
1: <laughs> a small thing.
2: Yeah,
0: totally. It deprecates some things yeah, too,
1: Yeah, right? some Android APIs are deprecated. Um, you now have to use Xcode 12. If you're not already on Xcode 12, yeah, we'll mm-hmm. have to get it for this version of React Native. Also, Node 12 is now required. Yeah. And they bumped the version of Flipper. But that's pretty much a summary of React Native 0.64.
0: So Android API levels, like, I think we've been telling clients that we support API level 21 and above anyway, unless they ask, you know, like, specifically require that we support below that level.
1: The versions that are being deprecated are pretty much versions that nobody's using anymore. So... Yeah, shouldn't have too big of an impact.
0: And they mentioned in the blog post that the Facebook app consistently drops support for Android versions with sufficiently low usage. And Facebook has about as good of representation of of usage as you're going to find out there. You know, obviously, they have a huge, huge installed user base across many, many nations, many, many um, socioeconomic groups and and whatnot. So if Facebook
1: thinks that it's not really being used, then that's a pretty, pretty good indicator.
0: Then probably this, uh, you know, clubhouse for pets startup is uh, is not going to need Unless it. Unless you specifically <laughs> are targeting
1: users of really ancient Android device and that is your specific audience, then right. maybe don't upgrade.
0: You know, maybe some developing countries, nations, uh, there would be a higher percentage of people on older devices. And that's something you should definitely, with your app, be measuring to see. But... This uh, 6.4 will drop everything below 21. So you can use 21 and above. Xcode 12, as Robin said, CocoaPods 1.1, or no, 1.10. And um, node support bumped up to node 12. Yes, so those are all, and the flipper flipper bump as well. So all in all, this mainly was about Hermes on iOS. A little bit of that uh, inline requires... Uh, so Processing and very, very
1: performance focused,
0: very much release. so. Yeah, that time to interaction
1: that's good. I love that.
0: Yeah, very yeah. cool. And I think, uh, Robin, were you the one who said, or maybe you tweeted or something? You're actually tweeting now. This is awesome. Uh, <laughs> you said something about it's cool to see that the releases are no longer about like adding essential functionality and more about kind of fine tuning it.
1: Yeah, that's I. Uh, I noted that that's sort of my metric for how mature a library mm-hmm. is getting when the major releases are sort of tweaking performance that was already good and just mm-hmm. making it better rather than fixing a bunch of broken, like core functionality. Yes. <laughs> hey, the text input wasn't working, so we fixed that. <laughs> <laughs> We're kind of past that stage. So I'm looking forward to when we finally jump to. if that's ever gonna happen
0: i think it will they they're obviously working on the new architecture internally at facebook and that's been the big focus under the under the hood and once that is released i think that they have a clear path for releasing 1.0 we'll
1: be sure to have a really special episode when when they released one yes
0: huge yeah maybe a clubhouse live there you go (laughs) all right thanks everybody for joining us today thanks of course as always to Robin and Harris for coming along and making me sound smarter than I actually am. Thanks to our producer and editor Todd Worth, our transcript and release coordinator Jed Bartoski, and our social media coordinator Missy Warren. Thanks to our sponsor Infinite Red. Check us out infinite.red/react-native. Thank you to everybody listening today. If it was your first time listening, hopefully it went well and you'll be back next time. If not email your complaints to harris <laughs> at harris.dev hello <laughs> I harris. don't remember what your email <laughs> hello at harris.dev
1: <laughs> hello at yeah, yeah.
0: You, you, harris will uh, field all the complaints and uh, make sure you subscribe send this episode to anybody who's curious about react native 0.64 reminder we are hiring uh, go to careers.infinite.red we'll see you all next time Bye. bye